You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. Let's start the year off strong. Download our Unstucked Budgeting Guide to get unstuck in your finances to begin to understand your flow of money. Look, when I think back to when I really made a shift from living paycheck to paycheck to being able to invest and actually understand my retirement timeline, it all started with budgeting. So download our budgeting guide available in the show notes. Now on to the episode. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I was just, I know we were just having some small talk before this and I was telling Megan just how wonderful her content is. Like when I scroll on TikTok or really anywhere I find you, I just find like your messaging to be very helpful and very genuine. So I want to dig into like how you got there, what started you on this web design journey, but most importantly, what called you to empower women and to help them find a footing in this space as well? So I've always been interested in art and design. I was a huge art nerd throughout high school and kind of went that direction in college, got my degree in media arts and design, and straight out of college, I got really, really lucky and got a job as a graphic designer at Live Nation. So I was literally working for like Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, like all of the big like sports stars and all of that. We had like 3,000 clients and that was like my first real job, which is kind of nuts. Then I decided to move out to California, wound up getting a job out here at a radio station called KCRW Radio. It's the NPR station in LA. I was there for a few years, but then I wound up becoming the creative director at a few music venues here in LA and always kind of like freelanced on the side. And it kind of got to the point where I was like going to a nine to five and then also coming home and like working until I went to sleep. And I was like, this cannot continue. This is not sustainable. So it just got to that point and I was like, maybe I should give this entrepreneur thing like a real shot. And so I took the leap four years ago and it's still going. Like it's, I think it's going pretty well. I know many of the listeners can relate. I know we're all on a multitude of different paths. So I wanted to kind of double back with something and I know you kind of breezed over it, but the Live Nation experience, like that feeling of being thrown in, I know gives a lot of people pause, but us entrepreneurial types, it's like, eyes wide open, you see all the opportunity in the world. How did you navigate that? Like being new in your career, you know, folks struggle with imposter syndrome, things like that. Like what gave you that motivation to like really crush it and take on that challenge? I mean, it really helped that I really, really have a big passion for music. And so like as a college student, like just fresh out of college, like this was like my dream job. I thought I had like made it, right? Like I've just graduated and I was like, wow, like this is like the best job I could have possibly gotten. And so I fully like embraced it for a few years and just had like the best time. Just like, dude, I get to go to work every day and make design for like these amazing like music stars. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. And I bring that up because that's something that oftentimes I get questions from listeners about that. Like I'm in my first job. There's a lot to do. Like, how do I know this is what I want to do? And you said it, embrace it. I think that's so important. Whether you love it or not, you know, I was very fortunate like you to kind of land in a small startup when I got fresh out of college. I absolutely embraced it. But there were times when I doubted, was I on the right path? But I kind of gave myself a parameter. So, you know, in a year if I'm still saying this, it might be time to move on. So I definitely wanted to start there because I know a lot of our listeners are just getting started or thinking about getting started. So, you know, embracing it is key. And you mentioned 
gosh, I laughed because you talked about going from a nine to five to freelancing, but doing both at the same time. And oh my gosh, I can relate with just having like this to-do list that never ends. And so you just find yourself working. Put us back there. Like when you were doing both, was your end goal to eventually go freelance? Like, is that what you wanted to do? Were you not sure? Like, take us back to that point in time, Megan. Like, what were you thinking? What were you doing? Yeah, so I never really thought I would be an entrepreneur. I never was like a thing, like a goal on my checklist. But I'd always freelanced on and off like throughout my career. And it just got to the point where it was kind of like things were ramping up. Like I was getting clients without really doing any marketing or anything. And so just because like word of mouth, people would refer me to their friends or whatever. Yeah, it just got to the point where I was just like, I just can't keep doing both like an actual job and this freelancing thing. And so before I jumped ship at my job, I wound up taking this course. I had been getting these targeted ads from this guy, Mike Shreve. And um, I wound up taking his course. And basically it was like a crash course in like how to be a freelancer and how to make money as like a freelancer. So it went through like, like at the time, like I didn't even know what a funnel was. So like I learned what a funnel was. I got my freebie up and running. Like I got a few like kind of core, very rudimentary freelancer type things up and running in my business that I had never thought about before. Like I'd never kind of like considered those things. And so I had all of those things in place before I jumped ship at my job, which was super helpful. Yeah, and I think that's key. And my dear friend, Gabby Alanello, corporate quitter, this is what she talks about all the time. Like, it's okay if you're kind of in that middle ground of like, not sure if you can leave or right, kind of doing both. And so I always encourage folks because I even still, you know, have friends that come to me like, hey, I'm, I'm not sure and I'm doing both. And I know like to your point, like it's not sustainable. I think it's a very natural step that a lot of people feel guilty about it. You know, they're like, you know, why am I doing both? Does it mean that I'm not good at either? And I think it's just important to explore before you commit fully. I've had people that just quit cold and go over into freelance and turns out that's not what they wanted to do. So I definitely wanted to just hang on that for a second because I know that, you know, people can feel guilt or they can feel like, you know, does anyone else doing this too? And I will tell you, it's a very normal step. So, you know, thank you for providing that value. When you made that transition finally, I can attest personally, right? There's a lot to do just to set yourself up, like being a 1099er, doing all of those different points. What were some mistakes you made early on that like looking back, you know, probably aren't huge mistakes at this point, but like, what were some of those common mistakes you were making when you first got into entrepreneurship and freelancing? I think the biggest one that's coming to mind is literally just believing in myself. And it was the hardest thing just because like, there's a lot of challenges that come with being a new entrepreneur. You know, you don't have a consistent paycheck coming in. There's like a lot of, you get a lot of no's, right? Like you are putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there and trying to figure out what works and like you're failing a lot. I think that really took a toll on like my self-worth, like my like thinking like, can I really do this thing? Like really wondering, like I've had all these cool milestones in my career, but like, am I really cut out to be an entrepreneur and like to really do my own thing? And so like, I was stuck in that little cycle for a while and I just somehow just kept pushing forward and kept putting myself out there. And I was like, one of these days, something's going to stick, you know, like, and just kept at it for a little while. But I think that that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And it's so funny that you even like put it that way, because I almost felt the same way. I know people listening felt that way too. It's like, 
you don't believe in yourself, but you do. It's some days are worse than others. And I think that's why I always give advice of like having an accountability group. Like I have a group of people. I always, I still to this day meet with them and we all started our businesses really young just that we could share like this, right? Utilizing your free resources that are out there. Podcasts are a great start. And I want to jump into kind of hearing about your podcast too. But, you know, that is something that's key is like all the free resources. You mentioned courses, like courses are a fabulous way to, before you like quit, to start to really understand like what you're signing up for. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think aside from like believing in yourself, that is such a big thing, but also just making sure that like all those little check boxes are checked in terms of just getting everything set up is super important. So you're launching your business and now you are where you are. When you look back now, like, would you have a message for your younger self? Because I know there's a lot of people just hanging on that piece of like, what would you say to your younger self? I know partly you said believe in yourself, but are there some other things that you would advise someone who's just getting started in their business? Yeah, I think like consistency is a really big thing. And like, even if you're not seeing the results that you want in the immediate, just think of it as like building a building or building a house, right? Like you're building brick by brick and every post that you put out, every message that you send to someone, every connection that you make, those are all pieces that will kind of like amount to like the bigger picture in your business. And so people think like, okay, I put up a social media post, like I should get a sale. That's not the case. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it takes time and it takes consistency and it takes like that endurance. And that's really what it's all about. I think that that's kind of the biggest advice that I would give to myself. Like all this stuff that you're doing now is going to pay off eventually. You just have to keep at it. Yeah, and it's key. And I think we all hate hearing it just takes time because I think that like, it's like, well, when is it going to end? Kind of your point, like, when is this going to start to happen? But I think, Really, that cliche phrase we always hear, which is like, enjoy the journey, is probably some of the best advice, too, that you could give is, right, like just falling in love with that process. And so what I've started to do is audit my process. It's something that I never really did. I kind of just was reacting to everything that every thought I had that I needed to do, right? Whether it's, like I said, setting it up or dealing with the client. And I think that was something and continues to be something that has paid dividends. My ability to focus on what needs to be focused on without having to think that I have to check every box. So I think that's another thing that I would advise is like really audit your time and question like, is this the way I want my day to go? Is this the way I want my business run? Because that's why you started it, was to have that control. Personally, coming from the corporate world, like I found myself bringing some of those toxic habits over, kind of like just sit in it, right? Just deal with it. And I really had, and I continue to sometimes struggle with that, but I really had to be honest with myself. Like you created this so that you could have more joy in your day. Why are we creating these artificial rules? And so just wanted to double back on that because that's something that's key and I think a lot of folks struggle with. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, really common for a lot of people. Like you come from a nine to five and once you jump off into entrepreneurship, it's like you don't have to work nine to five if you don't want to. Like you can work four hours a day if you want to, if that works for your business. Like the whole point of starting your own business is that you can design it however you want. You know, if you want to travel the world, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking of designing however you'd like, I swear every time when I, especially when I started, but even today, I always come back to my website. Like I'm never satisfied with my website. When I first got started, I felt like website was like the gatekeep to opening a business. Like if I didn't have a website, I didn't have a business. So 
Talk to us about like the importance of web design, but also branding, because I think people really separate the two when they should be one. Talk about that. And I know that you have this Berkeley brand podcast, and I'm sure you talk about some of these things. So I'm curious, what are some of like the themes and messages that you kind of teach about web design and branding? Yeah, definitely. So branding and web design definitely go hand in hand. And most often I will recommend that my clients tackle the branding first because that's going to influence the web design and pretty much everything else in your business when it comes to marketing. The importance of web design is essentially like that's your little home on the internet. That is essentially a tool that works for you 24-7. Like no employee can do that in your business, but your website can. And it's accessible on your desktop computer. It's accessible on mobile. It's just a really great tool for you to be able to serve to your clients, to be like, here's a broad overview of what I can do for you. Here's some starting price points at how I can serve you. Let me know if we want to work together. You know, if this feels like a good fit, like reach out to me. Here's an opportunity. And so on our podcast, we talk about these types of things all the time. It's also a really great opportunity for positioning your brand in the market. So like differentiating your brand from other competitors. You can do this through, of course, all of your different brand elements, like the language that you use, the different color palettes that you use, the imagery that you use, and like really set the tone for what it's like to work with you. And that's key. And I grabbed onto when you said differentiate. And I wanted to kind of ask a a follow-up to that. Like, what does kind of a, a first session kind of look like? I know each client's going to be kind of different, but in terms of like helping a client differentiate or just really getting them started, like what does that kind of intro session look like with you? And I'll definitely make sure to link below in case anyone wants to get in touch. Yeah, definitely. So as with everything in marketing, we always start with the target audience and figuring out who that one person is for your specific business that you want to speak to. Because essentially, everything in the branding, everything in the website will be crafted around that. I think that's a big mistake that a lot of kind of inexperienced businesses make is they make their branding and they make their website the stuff that they like, their favorite things, when you really should be crafting it for your target person. Because that's the person who you want to come to you. So you have to make it more about them and less about you. And so in the first meeting, we'll essentially do a deep dive of like, who is that person? age ranges, you know, what are their hobbies? What are they doing on the weekends? Like, where are they shopping at? Where are they hanging out online? And like really kind of digging into those questions. We'll also take a look at like what other competitors are in your field to see like, okay, what are these guys doing and how can we do it a little bit differently? How can we stand out from those other competitors? And that's how you essentially form the unique selling proposition for your business. And I think that's so valuable because you said something that made me laugh because I see it all the time when you go to someone's website and you're like, oh, this is totally like that person. And I love that piece because I think it's something that's commonly overlooked is, again, like you said, building your target audience. And I've heard questions like, well, how do I know who my target audience is? Megan, how do we know who our target audience is? I mean, a good way to kind of approach this is to take a look at your last 10 sales. Take a look at those people Who were the most fun people to work with and who did you enjoy working with the most on a personal level, on a professional level, and kind of pick apart like the characteristics of those people. How did those people come to you? How did they find out about your business? Like what kind of projects did you work on together? Also take a look at like what projects in the last 10 projects were the most income generating for your business and taking a look at like, okay, these are the services or the products that are doing the best. Maybe I should double down on that. 
And that's so true. It's funny. When I started Unstucked and KBD and Associates, like I was like, I want to be a life and business coach. Like That's what I want to do. And quickly, once my calendar started filling up and I started to realize the exhaustion that came with kind of like level coaching, I was like, I don't know if I love this. But also 80% of my revenue were people coming to me wanting advising on their startups. And that was just like, yeah, I kind of thought about that. But to your point, it was very interesting that my audience told me what I wanted and my customers told me what they wanted from me. And I think that's such a key thing that I've been actually talking to and talking about with a lot of people is like, there is this piece when you first get started in business that you have this idea and whether you wrote a business plan or you're just kind of winging it, you have to be open to making that pivot and you have to be opening to listening to that feedback. And I think that's something that is often overlooked, even as surprising as that may be to hear. I would say about 60% of the people I work with completely overlook that. And when I bring that up, it's like, well, that's not what I opened my business for. And it's like, well, that's what people are paying you for. And so I think that's really key. And have you experienced anything like that where like you made an unexpected pivot or know of someone who had to make an unexpected pivot? Oh, yeah. I'm kind of in the midst of that right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, um, I want to hear about this. So I, I, this year, invested in my business, and I'm in a kind of a high-level coaching program. And so one of the things that I've been working through in my own business is, like, when I first started, the first few years of my business, I was offering all kinds of marketing things. So, like, graphic design, if you wanted, like, me to run ads, if you wanted this or that. Like, I was doing everything. And so now that I'm a bit more established in my business, one of the main recommendations for my coaches has been to look at my past sales and be like, okay, what are the things that you like doing the most? And also, what are the things that are driving the most revenue? We want to pare that down to like two or three services and really focus on that. And I was like, at first, I was really, really struggling with it because I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I feel like that's like cutting people off and like blah, 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 blah. But I sat with it, kind of meditated on it. And now I'm like full force ahead on like, I'm only going to be doing branding and web design starting in the new year. And so it's definitely a shift. Like you said, like it's so important to be open to pivoting and to being flexible and like really looking at the numbers as well as like kind of digging deep within yourself to be like, am I happy doing this? You know? And like, there were so many instances early on in my business where I felt like I was like, I had to like chase down like $200 clients. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, like it's just not worth it to me. Oh my gosh. You are like hitting everything. Cause I like felt the almost exact same way as like you start off kind of chasing those $200 clients until someone else unexpectedly is like, Hey, I'm going to give you all of this because I see all your value in this area. And I think it's so key to what you just said and like being honest with yourself but something more importantly that you said that I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs really ask themselves is, am I happy? And is this actually what I want to be doing? Even if there's cash coming in, like how do you balance and reconcile that? Because there is a business that needs to be run and revenue does need to be generated. Like how do you find that balance? Yeah, it's tough. I found for myself, at least, like setting a deadline for myself can be really, really helpful. So like I just said, like in 2023, I'm only going to be doing these two things. So like I have projects that I'm finishing out right now, but like after that date, like I'm shifting my business model and like really sticking to that. And so that's one thing that's helped me. I'm sure that there are, I mean, what about you? What Do you have any tips in that area? Yeah, I mean, I th I'm. it's so funny that you even mentioned that you're going through it because I'm going through it. I'm moving from, you know, really being exhaustive on the coaching side and trying to really spend a lot of energy building digital products and courses that I find valuable when I realize that people just want me in a room advising the build of their company. 
like because I've sold multiple startups before 30, like, and you would think like, well, that's a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't you focus there? And it was just something I didn't think people wanted or really it just came down to, I wasn't focused on it. But the moment that I got that validation and I asked myself, is this making me happy? Is this what I want to do? I was like, absolutely. I get to go work with not only people I love, but also help scale their businesses. Like that is like my dream job. I think the lesson there is just being easy with yourself and understanding like even the first five years are very volatile, really in any business, let alone the first, for me, I'm in the first, technically just came out of the first year. So I definitely would just echo everything that you mentioned with really just being honest with yourself. But I think it all comes back down to just showing yourself grace and realizing there's a bigger purpose here and it's to give yourself back power to really design your day and design your life. And I think that's the reason why we all kind of navigate over to entrepreneurship is to have that control and really take that control back from corporate America. I really want to hear more about the Sparkly Brand podcast. And I really want to hear just some of the themes you talk about. You know, I gave it a listen and some of the things that you're talking about have already come through. But is there anything that you're focusing on right now that you see is just like imperative, not only in just web design, but just like personal branding and business? So I love our podcast. We have been focusing a lot on like, so it's kind of a mixed format, right? We do Q&A episodes. We do kind of informational kind of education type episodes. And then we also interview really powerful women business owners. And that has been one of my favorite parts of the podcast, just because like, I've just gotten to connect with so many awesome women all of these women bring so much to the table. And it's also kind of given me, you know, like if a project comes up that like maybe would be a good fit for them, but not so much for me, like I'd be like, hey, I can't help you with this, but here's an amazing person that I know can help you with this. And like, it's kind of built out that referral network. So we talk about all kinds of things on the podcast, everything from branding to marketing, web design. But as far as like things in the web design sphere that like people aren't doing enough, I would say like using video, is like a big one. Uh, obviously, all of the social media platforms are like kind of shifting to video. Integrating video into your website is so, so important, and it can create kind of a richer experience for your website visitors. And I think that that's like one of the things that like, I just don't see enough of that happening on websites. And I really try to encourage my clients to use that component in their websites. It couldn't be more true. And someone with ADHD, I'll tell you, every time I jump on a website, the moment there's a video, I stop and I watch it. Like that is the absolute first thing I do. And it's amazing that you said that because that's like what I, that's missing from my website. And I've like recognized that really quickly. And that's ironic because I make so many videos. <laughs> but I think it's just something that we don't think about. And if you're like me, where at first I did a lot of my web design on my own, I just didn't have the knowledge to integrate that effectively. So, you know, being able to now have folks like you in my circle, like that's something that's like become a thing that I can actually look forward to. But I couldn't agree more. Like it's crazy how many static websites still exist, even though everything has pivoted to video. And it's not actually something I super considered until you just said it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you have to also consider like people learn and consume in different ways. Like some people like to read, some people like to watch. And so when you cater to both of those learning styles, like it just provides a better experience for the person that's on the other end. 
Absolutely. And I appreciate all this value because I already know, like me personally, like I'm taking notes. So I know our listeners are loving it. I want to pivot a little bit because, you know, I started the Unstuck podcast because I realized a lot of the things that people get stuck with is within themselves. It's not usually things like their business or their career. It's really starts with ourselves. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions that I'm just curious to hear about. And the first one is that I love to ask is like, what is your most valuable skill in your opinion? Oh my gosh, my creativity. I think is my secret weapon. I guess it's not so secret, but I honestly, like, I'm an ideas person. And, like, people ask me all the time, like, I create a lot of content on there. If you follow me anywhere, like, you know that I'm posting multiple times a day. Like, I'm very, very active on social. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you, like, do that? Like, how do you create content just so, just so much, like, the volume? And it's just, I just have ideas all the time. Like, I I don't have enough time to execute on all these ideas. And so, like, it's very, very rare, I will say, that it feels, like, hard or forced for me. It's just a matter of, like, having the time in my day to, like, okay, I want to shoot a video now. And I think that's key. And I totally relate with, like, ADHD. I don't execute as much as I should, aka why I love my team so much. But, no, totally. I, I think that that's a huge one. If I had to answer that, and I've answered in the past, but... Slight different flavor, I would say my curiosity has always been something that I've always valued. And not just like, hmm, and wondering, but like digging in and trying to like learn more. I've been like that since I was a kid. Like my mom always jokes, like I was the kid, the eight-year-old in a group of 40-year-olds debating. Like I was always just like picking and probing for more. I think I would say that's probably my most valuable skill. On the other end of that, you know, there's like the not so glamorous things in our day, right? As an entrepreneur, just as a business owner, really just like as a human in 2022, I mean, my gosh, the last two years have been insane. What are some of the things that you've cultivated to be able to overcome kind of your daily fears, if I'll call it that? Like, I know that, you know, people talk about, right, valuable skills, but like, what are some of those things that like you have to overcome daily that like you find yourself doing better that maybe you didn't do in the past? Because that's something I hear a lot is like, how do I get started and kind of shrug off my daily anxiety and my daily doubts? How do I do that? How would a listener do that? Do the hardest thing first in the day has been like a real game changer for me. I think there's like an expression called eat the frog. I think that's what it is, but... That sounds hard. (laughs) (laughs) But... It's definitely one of those things where it's like, do the hardest thing first, because then the rest of your day is almost just like your reward. You know, like I always save like my content creation for the end of the day, because like I said, like creativity is like my thing. So it's like my little treat at the end of the day. Like once I've gotten everything done that I need to get done, I get to have my treat, which is make TikTok videos and kind of just be creative and be silly. That's so funny. And I'll be brutally honest. I do it the exact opposite. And now that I think about it, like, I'm going to try that this week. Like, I'm going to actually put that to use because I think that you have the most energy in the morning. You're the most creative. Nothing's happened yet. And I think to just put your brain power in and get that dopamine hit too, like when you do the hard thing, will take you through the whole day. So I think that's a, a really good piece of advice. Another thing we really focus on here is just like general mindsets and beliefs about yourself. Those things are very dynamic. It depends on how much sleep you get, what you're eating, what you're consuming, your environment. But if you're looking to really change the way you believe about something or your mindset about something, do you have a way you go about doing that? I'm just, I'm curious. I mean, for me, at least exercise is so key. I like to typically get that in the morning and that honestly, if I don't exercise, I can see a difference in my whole day. So getting that in is super important to me. Also just like, 
I'll just give you like a really important strategy that my therapist actually taught me. And essentially, when you have an intrusive thought, or if you have like a, a negative thought about something, all you have to do is say, or maybe you're thinking like, you're dumb. Like, why would you think that? Like, you just have to ask yourself, like, who told you that? Yeah. Oh, so good. Man. It's so oh, good. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> no, literally so good. Like, because then you're like, oh. You're like, oh yeah, it's, it, it was me. I'm, I'm just being silly. Why am I? Doing that? Oh my gosh, it's so funny, and it seems so simple. Some weeks I'm really good at it. Some weeks I'm really bad at it. Some weeks I just that voice well, yeah. is Bible. You're human. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Right. And I and I wanted to like have that moment of like we're human because I think we are really hard on ourselves. Like I always say, like we always expect upward trajectory and we always expect success. But when things start to ebb and flow, we start to just throw everything out. And it's just like you said at the beginning of this, just sticking with it and embracing it will take you so far. And it's taken me so far. And I've seen it's taken you so far. So I think if you take away anything from this episode, like it's how do you reframe your day to embrace it? Because that's key. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're well into our businesses. What does the next couple of years look like for you? Like, what are some of your goals? What are you trying to accomplish now that you've kind of found a footing, you're making a pivot, like what do you have in the works? So I'm in the midst of building a small team right now. So that's been pretty exciting. As I've been growing, I've also been like having a few opportunities here and there for like speaking engagements. Like I just did a three workshop sprint with Pike Place Market, which is pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So like I did three workshops to the businesses there, like teaching them short form video and also like how to prep for the holidays and stuff like that. And I love doing stuff like that. It's like not, again, it falls outside of those two services that I was talking about, but it's like, it's fun for me. Like I also got asked to speak at a conference next year. So like that's something I've never done. So I'm kind of dipping my toes in like kind of this a little bit of public speaking realm. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's amazing. And I wish you nothing but luck. I Thank will definitely you. be tuning in and listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. I have a ton of takeaways that I need to go execute on. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Megan. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstuck.